Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up and help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. So now you're in and now you won't bag out. Good evening, everyone. It's your smoking nephew, Blazing Rye, on the ones and twos, and you're listening to Blazing Rye Backstage. Me and my homeboy, Don, we, we're going to take you through the night. So without further, further ado, is it further ado or ordo? I'd like to welcome further fondue, Mr. The Sade, to my batter and wah, Mr. Jonathan Pokemon Weeks. Jonathan, how are you? Pretty good. How you doing, babe? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Sounds like you're running from a uh, kidnapper screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got out alive, man. And it's hump day. We're going to get you through this day and get you through the, the rest of the week to the weekend, man. We can't do it, man. How you <laughs> doing? Right. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I tell you what, uh, it it's been... One week since you looked at me. Nah, 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 just playing. So, uh, how was your weekend, Jonathan Week? Oh, my goodness, my weekend. Well, it was. Uh, it played out the same way as it did last weekend. I, I, I worked again. I pulled some overtime. I saw some friends, though, this time. So, I went out to dinner Friday night. Uh, but other than that, I, I did another eight hours each day. And I've been doing 16 hours straight, uh, 16 days straight of no t- days off, eight-hour day work, work day. So, uh, I'm, I'm planning to do 24, but we'll see what happens uh, if I make it by then. I hear you, man. I've been working, uh, like, uh, 12, 13-hour uh, days the last couple of weeks because, uh, you know, i got to pay off some, some attorney for something if you catch my drift. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, man. You know, we all got them bills and just working hard. <laughs> Work, you, you sponging, you know, every day is a you sponging day, what you know? I'm spilling, man? You sponging what I'm spilling, man? Oh, I was wondering what you're feeling, mine. Hell yeah, mine. That's not what I said. Okay, so uh, earlier today, um, this kid at uh, work, Justin, was talking about uh, he he actually lives with Ethan. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, I thought you were going to have, like, a violent reaction to that. Oh, my God. He lives with Ethan? Yeah, he lives with Ethan. Uh, and wow. he... <laughs> He said that they uh, they have mice, so oh. or they have like a a mouse. So then this girl, let's call her DJ, was like uh uh was like you need to get rid of that mouse. And then Justin goes, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then DJ goes, I mean you get disease, rabbi, <laughs> and she, was, she starts like cracking up, and she's like, I mean, and she couldn't even get it out, but she meant rabies, not rabbis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would rather have the uh, the rabies sometimes, but no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Wait, you have a rabbit that has rabies sometimes? I, I do, I do sometimes. It turns it on and off like a switch. And uh, actually, yeah, but you the rabies, give the rabbit the rabies, don't you? 
it's, it's a rabbi with rabies. That's what it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Have, have you converted? I have converted, yes. I've, I've made that decision. I've, I've fully converted. No, no. You did what to a pigeon? <laughs> uh, I, I ate a pigeon once. It was delicious. Uh, all right, be- before we get any emails on whatever the fuck you're talking about, there's uh, remember last week I talked about this uh, uh, group of French girls in the pizza place, and I, I I mentioned that they were rather young and they had Marlboro cigarettes all over the place, and they were singing, you know, no new new no English except "Come here, Roo Roo boy, won't you give it up?" Remember that? <laughs> yes, it was like a club. The pizza, the pizza yeah, parlor club. Pizza parlor turned into a club, but which is actually kind of appropriate because I believe that people who own the club next door to the pizza place, I believe they own the pizza place as well. So it's not that far off from, you know, turning into a club because it is right next door, although there's no um, remnants of a club inside this pizza place. But uh, what happened was uh, I mentioned last time that there was this one girl there that was very beastly, and I called her something out of Loch Ness. And I'm, I wondered, as I listened back, was that appropriate? Um, I think so. I mean, it depends on what what level of beastliness she was. She was very disturbing to you, right? I mean, Loch Ness is fine. It's, you know, Loch Ness is a, is a monster. It doesn't mean necessarily that she's an ugly person. She's just a beastly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's actually a compliment in some ways. Well, yeah, if, you, if you're Ron Perlman in the 1980s on CBS, it's a compliment, but that's just because he looks better in makeup than he does in real life. <laughs> you're right, man. Hellboy. What a great film. Great film. <laughs> but do you remember when he was on Beauty and the Beast on CBS and he looked better in his beast makeup than he does, you know, he's a very ugly man in real life. <laughs> yes, he really is an ugly man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's going to look a lot better as a beast. So, actually, what you're saying is a compliment. I think, you know, I she mean, should be honored by it. You take two Ron Perlman's, double the ugliness, and you couldn't get as beastly as this girl who was in the pizza bar. <laughs> and let me tell you that she was, like, whenever all the other girls were singing, come here, Roo Roo boy, and the one woman was backing her ass up on the wall and stuff. That one girl was dancing just like the rest of them, and she was going, come here, Roo Roo boy, won't you give it up? And it sounded horrible. <laughs> she sounds like she's in a league of her own. Uh, well, that's a whole nother movie. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> uh, okay. So what do you think of these? Well, while we're on women eating, uh, eating in places. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what a weird setup to a question. What that is, was an while on women segment. eating in places. That was a great segue there. I like that. <laughs> um, so what, what do you think of these ladies that snap Instagram shots of every meal they have? Do you think it's necessary? I mean, I, why do they need to remember every every meal they have? Well, what do you think of these ladies? Uh, I'm including I, men in that, too, in ladies. Well, these ladies, including men, uh, I think they got some issues because I, we've become such a culture of camera picture taking and you know instant memories and instant gratification on the web and and you know just wanting to share everything we do that we've been taking pictures of absolutely everything and that includes meals. I mean, 
really, if I want to see a meal, I can look up a menu or actually go there and order the meal myself. But, I mean, unless it's like a special event, you really don't need to be taking pictures at every place you go. I think it gets a little annoying. Uh, I think it's, people are overdoing it. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I can understand pictures of McDonald's, but not, not pictures of really good meals. <laughs> Okay, so McDonald's pictures are acceptable. What else? McDonald's, any fast food is acceptable, but any, like, really nice restaurant, I don't I don't really want to see that. Really, I don't. I don't want to see that because then you're just bragging, you know? I feel like there's got to be, like, certain levels that we can accept in society today, you know? What is the point? Because a lot of these people take pictures and share them on mainly Instagram, sometimes Facebook, sometimes both, uh, and the whole point of these networks, uh, and let's just stick with Instagram for now since that's where most of the food seems to be, are social sharing networks. Now, if I post a picture of my filet mignon and fucking pork dumplings from last week's restaurant week and uh, put it on the Internet on this social picture sharing network, what are my friends and followers supposed to get out of that? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I don't think you're putting those pictures up for other people. Some people might be doing that if you're a real foodie or a restaurant critic or something like that along those lines. But I think most people are putting those pictures up for their own instant gratification, for their own attention, you know, showing people that, oh, I'm going out to eat, I'm doing this. It's another way of, like, checking into a place. Instead of instead of that, you're actually giving, like, a pictorial uh, view of what you're doing. So you're, you're putting food up there. Uh, it's... It's the way I think of bragging about where you are and, and trying to get people's attention. <laughs> and I think it's just people overdo it. You know, if you have a special occasion, that makes sense. You know, if you're going out for engagement or you got uh, like a, a work promotion or something like that, and you're going for a special meal, it makes sense. But not every damn meal. You know, listen, <laughs> I, I'm eating grilled cheese and macaroni, but I'm not taking a picture of it and putting it all over the wind. Do you think it's Instagramification? I think it's Instagram. That's right. I like that. See, I like yeah. that. This, this is this is why you're the host of one of the greatest shows in the world. You're a genius. E.T. Barnum. E.T. So, Barnum says himself, take the best show in the world. Take this, let's take this to another situation. So you're saying that, say, like that fucking stupid-ass restaurant I went to last week that was just a waste of uh, money and, and, you know, I, 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 I tried to get drunk for no reason because then no one went out afterwards. Uh, it was a botched restaurant week um, at, uh, what was the place called? Oh, Hurricane Club in New York. So say you take that place where we have the filet mignon and, uh, and the, the pork dumplings and whatnot, which are no better than the dumplings around the corner at the local Chinese place. Um, but say you have that. You would be offended by someone taking a picture of that, but you would not be offended by someone taking a picture of eating at Burger King. So let's take it to, uh, say, you're at scores in Manhattan, would you think that you would want to take a picture there or would you want to take a picture at Babes in Atlantic City? <laughs> that is a, that's a phenomenal question, actually. I really like that question. Uh, I feel like scores is attended by very few, uh, you know, at least my acquaintances, and I think Babes is really a place that, you know, a lot of my friends would frequent, and I think Babes is a <laughs> Babes is a classy club, but it's it's really uh, a place where like the common man will go to. So I think it's more uh, along the lines of, of a place that I would like to see on on Facebook or on the web or 
social uh, you know links and whatnot. And, and much like that restaurant we went to in Atlantic City with the really probably the smallest salad in the world. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that that small ass salad is is fancy or or mad poor though? I think that salad is comical, and that's why you know it's Instagramification. I think that's fine. You could put that on on what because it was comical. It was ridiculous. It was smaller. The smallest salad I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what Weeks is referring to is I got a, a salad as an appetizer for this place, and then we we were we were so broke from the rest of this bachelor party that we just ordered sides. We got the sliders and the mac and cheese and the caprese salad, which was about two basil leaves, a cube of mozzarella cheese, and a and a tomato slice. Right. <laughs> That's right. When you say a cube, a cube not for like a regular sized person, but for like, you know, probably a Lego, a Lego, Lego figurine. <laughs> um, by the way, I just happened upon Julian's Facebook status, and it says, it says, it's our friend Julian from New Haven. Exhausted and satisfied. Can't wait to edit and see the footage. Dot dot dot. Now I need a cold ass beer. <laughs> Good for him, man. The Elm City, Julian Moles, great kid, great kid. What kind of uh, John John Beach, What kind of email address do you have? Me, I have a bunch, but the one I use mostly is the one I still have from my law school. That's my favorite one. Uh, but you don't have like a? Do you have a Hotmail or a? Oh, you know what I have? Gmail. Huh? I yeah, have a Jamali. Jamali oh, email Jamali? address. Jamali on there? No, j- Jamali. Oh, Jamali. Oh, hot Jamali. Oh, j- oh, this is this is not going well. <laughs> Gmail, like Gmail, but Jim- God damn it, Weeks, you fucked it up. <laughs> you talking about Jamali sh- mail? A, a Jamali mail. Jamali. Oh, not Jamali. Gmail, but Jamali. Oh, Jamali. Jamali. I like. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I have oh, a Jamali God. too. Uh, well, Weeks, what do you think? What do your what do your vinegar strokes look like? <laughs> vinegar strokes? <laughs> I have them all the time. But it's, it's when you get over vinegar yourself. It's gross, bro. <laughs> and then you have a stroke? Yes, that's right. I have them like once a week. <laughs> so, uh, John Weeks, let's talk about uh, current events for a moment, shall we? <laughs> we shall. Let's do so. All right. Current events are contemporary developments in local, national, or world affairs. Also, the organized study of such developments. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's basically what the I just basically what the what the hell's going on in the world now? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad like we talked that. about that. Formal. I thought that was like uh, Charlie Rose or something. <laughs> Charlie Rose, yeah, that's why that's why your ass fell asleep halfway through. That's right. <laughs> In the history. All right. So, uh, John Weeks, we, uh, you know, a lot of people, they refer to you by a lot of names. Uh, Playboy of the Western World, the Great City Playboy, uh, Jamiroquai, and the Dr. <laughs> Drew of the Internet. <laughs> now, um, the the... The Dr. Drew of the Internet, I shit you not, we have received a letter that was sent on Facebook from a fan of the program who wants your advice. <laughs> You're kidding me, right? 
I am I am shitting you not. I'm 100% serious right now. <laughs> okay, let's, let's hear this question. I, I really want to help this person out. All right, so this is from a fan of the show. That's what we'll uh, call this person. I believe it's a, a female based on what she says. Um, but here, uh, she says, I'm having a relationship problem that I'm hoping to solve with the help of your show and co-host Dr. Drew <laughs> on, on Blazing Ride Backstage if you're interested. Uh, let me introduce myself as a non-confrontational, mild-mannered, pleasant sort of person. The relationship issue I'm having is with a character-slash-personality flaw that gets expressed through me. Let's call her Rhonda. The issue I'm having with Rhonda is as followed. Rhonda is a lowlife and enjoys the company of other lowlifes, plain and simple. Rhonda is excitable, says the wrong thing to the wrong people at the wrong time, and can be described as confrontational. Rhonda thinks everyone is either secretly out to get her, a bigot, or insulting her intelligence. Rhonda would be a terrible date because Rhonda may have a problem and create a scene. Rhonda wants you to know her tragic story that she seems to live in. You don't want to take Rhonda in public for this reason. Rhonda translates situations completely different from everyone else. Rhonda makes enemies where she thinks she's making friends. My questions are simple. How should I approach damage control? Rhonda has, and we'll go back through these questions. How how should I approach damage control is the first one. Rhonda has Mm -hmm. skewed my vision to the point of not knowing who to trust. How do I determine when a good time for Rhonda to show up is? And lastly, how do I stop being embarrassed and shocked by the things Rhonda does or says in real-life circumstances? Signed, fan of the program. Wow. All right. So are you ready to – let's tackle uh, the first things first. The first question, how should I approach damage control? That's a tough question. This is a multi-layered, multi-tiered question here. Uh, yeah. How about that? How do I approach damage control? Well, I think this person obviously knows, knows a lot about themselves. I think that's 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 for sure. Uh, this Rhonda character, she obviously doesn't like a lot of the attributes that she has in her characteristics in her personality. And uh, I think in terms of damage control, I think you have to prevent. Rhonda from overpowering her personality in a lot of ways. And if you can't do that, when you do talk about damage control, I think the best way to approach it is honesty. You know, if you really offend somebody or if that character of Rhonda comes out and kind of, you know, messes the situation up, just be honest and tell people that, hey, I have this kind of character flaw, you know, this, 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 this you know, I'm not this person, but sometimes this happens and I apologize if, if that really offended you. And just be honest, because people will appreciate honesty in the end of it. And as long as you're honest and upfront with people, you know, maybe say it in the beginning or or, or before something actually happens, something actually really happens. And you know, people will most times uh, appreciate honesty, and if they don't, then they're obviously not people that really need to be continuing in your life. So, I think being honest with oneself and others, and being upfront in the beginning. Or, you know, if you want, really want to have to do damage control right afterwards is, is the way to, to approach that and uh, that character flaw in Rhonda. So, and, and, you know, first and foremost, you know, preventing Rhonda from coming out is a great 
great way for me to you know, ever, that ever happening. So uh, this person obviously is very smart and, and knows their their own personality, and the best way to do it is to prevent that person from coming out. That knows those traits of Rhonda. So it's a great kid. I think that's great advice. Uh, I think uh, I agree 100% with what you said. But let's let's stay on that first question for a moment. And what if it's after the fact? What if uh, mm-hmm. she's uh, become Rhonda in a situation and done something to, let's just say, offend someone. Um, we won't make too big a deal. Let's just say she offended someone to the point that this person doesn't want to be the, her friend anymore. How do you handle the damage control after the fact rather than being honest right from Jump Street, it, just in case it comes out like that? See, that's a really good question. Um in those kind of scenarios, I think, you know, the damage has been done, basically, as this is what I'm, I'm getting at. And uh, I think in that type of scenario, you have to kind of gauge it and see what, what, what this friend really meant to you in, in the end. If it's a really uh, important friend to you, then you obviously have to take the steps to mend that relationship as the damage is done and uh, apologize right away and be sincere in your apology, you know, and then, then that goes along with being honest. Um, if it's some, If it's just an incident where, you know, you offended somebody, but that person is really not that important to you. I think apologizing is important, but what's most important is realizing what's what's uh, vital to you and to your life. So, you know, those people that are really important to you and vital, I think you have to be apologetic, upfront, again, honest and sincere in everything you do. And I think that's just part of life. You know, we all make mistakes, and, you know, we all have this kind of Rhonda personality in all of us, and it's just the way life goes. And But, you know, the... The really important thing is is to end things properly, meaning uh, mending relationships, you know, that you deem important to you, and you know that's just the way it goes. You know, we all have that kind of characteristic where we party too much, we may say something too loudly, and uh, it may offend a lot of people. But it's the people who we offend that that's most important, and we have to gauge that situation and uh, face forward and and uh, just basically be honest and appreciative of the relationships that really are important to us. So, yes, I, I think apologizing and be honest and sincere after the fact is is the most important and the only way to do things. You can't ignore it. So you have to engage. Very in well said, well said. All right, let's move on to the next sub-question within this letter. Uh, Rhonda has skewed my vision to the point of not knowing who to trust. How do I determine when a good time for Rhonda to show up is? See, that's a, I think that's very tricky. That's, that question is very tricky. Because, uh, you know, in this whole fact scenario, Rhonda doesn't sound like a very good person. It sounds like somebody uh, who kind of turns off other people, uh, friends, you know, close friends. And uh, it sounds like, you know, it, it, the best way you can do that is control Rhonda and your personality the best you can. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it's uh, almost impossible. And that might be a medical issue or a psychological issue. But um, I think as far as you can, you have to prevent Rhonda from coming out. You have to create your own personality in that we, we often build walls and, uh, you know, we kind of create barriers, uh, you know, so, so as to prevent certain negatives of a personality coming out. And I, I don't mean to be a fake person. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when we're out in public and, when we're with people that are important to us, we have to make uh, we have to make a connection with those people, and it's important to uh, kind of mold and, and mend your personality so that you know 
everybody gets along, and uh, it gets along in a positive way, in a meaningful way. So um, I think the question, you know, when should Ronda come out? I, think, I don't think Ronda should come out ever, you know. Unless you're in a total situation where you really don't care about anybody there, but I really don't see any situation like that. You know, we all should care about each other, even if you obviously don't want to be friends with a certain person. That's just not ruining it. It's just not the way to do it either. So, or offending somebody. It's just, you know, you avoid them or ignore them, or you just choose to hang out with the people that you, you trust and love the most. So I think, uh, you know, I, I would prevent or avoid the, the, the Ronda character from coming out as much as possible. And if, if this character is unstoppable, then you have to, uh, Either seek help or the, the guidance of friends. You know, it always it doesn't always have to be a doctor, but I think seeking uh, friends' help and you know realizing when that character comes out is important, so that you prevent it from escalating or um, you know just stopping it from be, uh, ever happening. Or, or if it does happen, then you have to engage it uh, right away. I think. Okay, and the last part of this question: uh, How do I stop being embarrassed? and shocked by the things Rhonda does or says in real-life circumstances. Okay. Um, well, obviously, you're, you're feeling embarrassment and shocked. I think those are pretty strong words. Uh, so, obviously, you don't like when Rhonda comes out. So, I think if you want to stop being embarrassed and shocked by what these when, when these things happen, I think you have to see why these things happen and why that character comes out. I mean, there's a lot of issues, uh, you know, some people may have drinking issues and certain characteristics come out. Some people may have certain uh, mental health issues, you know, and that's something that's not to be ashamed of. That's something to be actually talked about and engaged, you know. Too much in this society, I think we don't even talk about that. We shove it under the rug, and uh, it becomes a huge issue later down the road, and you, you wonder why you have relationship issues down the road and um, something that has to be engaged. So, I mean, if you're embarrassed and shocked by this personality, you just need some help, you know, professional help or help again from your friends. You know, friends can oftentimes, as outside observers, see what's wrong and see when this personality comes out, and they can uh, give you good advice and mentor you in terms of getting through it so that you recognize when that personality comes out, and you don't have to be shocked and embarrassed because you prevent it from ever getting to a stage where you do have to do damage control. But if that ever happens, I think um, you have to recognize it as soon as possible. See, you know, see... See, you know, go back in the time that you, this personality did come out. See what happened and what, how it escalated and how you can control it. Because usually there's certain, you know, uh, you know, in science, they always say there's a you know, stimulus to every uh, reaction, right? So you have to look at that and you have to, you have to, you know, there's a reason for everything that happens. And I think you have to do it down scientifically and uh, attack it as, as is, like a problem, you know? What I'm wondering is, she said earlier in the letter that, Rhonda is a lowlife who likes to hang out with other lowlifes. So it seems as if uh, this Rhonda has already made her own group of friends. And I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. what can this person do to um, avoid being kind of grouped in with them and pressured to hang out with this group of friends that Rhonda has made? Right. I think that's a, a pivotal uh, point in that whole letter. I think you just brought it out. I think that's pretty genius of you. But, uh, uh, you know, often, I, I'm not, not kidding. I think the, the, the people that we associate with are so incredibly important in our lives. I mean, sometimes more so than yourself, you know, because some people are lost and just want to hang out with people. And, you know, those the direction we go to go through in life is often determined by the people who are around us. And that's that whole environmental versus nurturing kind of uh, argument. 
and, uh, you know, more so than school and other situational factors, organizational factors, friends, the people who we associate are so important. And so when we're talking about Rhonda and, and hanging out with other lowlifes or whatnot, this person obviously doesn't respect those kind of people and doesn't want to hang out with those people. So you have to make a conscious decision to uh, notice who your friends are, who your real friends are, who has your best interests at heart. And best interest means your most positive interests, not, you know, partying and drinking. That's, you know, we have to separate those in society. And, um, and she has to recognize that and make a, a move forward uh, to hang out with those people that she deems are the most positive in her life. And I think that's most important because that, trust me, you know, people you hang out with, the people you talk to every day, they shape your ideas in your future, you know, more so than we should ever expect. I don't know why people don't talk about that. It's, it's really the, something that's really important in sociology. But uh, <clears throat> so I think, uh, you know, we have to be careful about who we associate with. And if she's embarrassed and shocked by uh, her friends, then she has to make a decision not to hang out with those kind of people. That's it. Yeah. Um, and as, as Weeks said, you know, uh, we're here for you. Uh, and your friends right. are, are are pivotal, uh, but but uh, the best thing that that anyone can do, I think, in these circumstances, you've brought it up a couple times, is is seek professional uh, help. There's no shame in it. I've done it. I'm doing it now. Uh, Weeks should be doing it. I don't know why he's you know what the fuck he's waiting for. Um, I said, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. No, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I remember going through a rough patch in L.A., and I had never even considered uh, going to a, a therapist, and I was very against taking um, psychiatric drugs and stuff at the time, so I made it a point to go to a uh, psychologist rather than a psychiatrist, and uh, she um, was exactly what I needed at the time, and it was I remember just, like, just kind of breaking down in front of Jason at that apartment in L.A. with that nasty bathroom. And just saying, like, like I was really depressed because I, I, I couldn't. I, I mean, this doesn't sound like a big deal now, but to me at the time, it, it seemed like one. So I, I was, you know, I hurt my knee. I couldn't play tennis. I was a mess for like I don't know, eight, nine months after that. And at one point, I was breaking down to to Jason, to my friend Jason, and he, uh, he was like, "Or go get some help. You know, there's no shame in it." And it just took him saying that there was no shame in it for me to kind of pick up the phone and, and go for it. So um, best of luck to you. If you want to write a response in the next week, then then feel free and, and we'll follow it up next week. But I think, uh, Mr. Weeks, you gave some sound advice, sir. Thank you, sir. And thanks for bringing that up. And thanks for your question. And, you know, it, it's important to take things seriously, but it's also important to enjoy your to enjoy life. So, you know, we know your friends. You can listen to us on Wednesdays and, you know, we I think laughing is a, is a major uh, part of life and just taking it easy. But, no, you know, noticing your problems is, is the first step, and this person is obviously extremely intelligent and uh, emotionally very aware of herself. So, you know, I wish you luck. Yes. Well, thank you, fan of the program. We're listening. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And, John, do you know what time it is? Oh my God! Oh my God! How that to You finally got it right. And Tom Forney. Hey! 
and called and scrambled eggs. <laughs> What's up, sire? I'm tossing uh, salad. You're you're tossing salad. Who's? Huh? My Who's own. Salad? Are you tossing? My own. And boy, am I going to be sore tomorrow. You know what I was thinking about, Sire? What's the name of the street that you live on? Waverly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Waverly Place, right? Yeah. As in the wizard of. That's so brilliant. I I totally didn't put that together. That our our very wizard lives on Waverly Place. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you're back in New York. What is your life about right now? Finally. Just yeah. trying, to, trying to figure out where the fuck I am. <laughs> this is the first time I've been here for over four days since the end of spring, so it's kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's um, nice. Well, we are so glad you're back. Uh, who yeah. have you got for us for the Hot Mess Awards this evening? Okay, let's start off with Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm just sort of over her whole, you know, like vegan, sitting around in a yoga position in a white outfit, head to toe all the time, talking about, oh, I eat, I eat, I eat, oh, I love food, I love food. And then she's this, like, bland vegan with this, like, crazy cookbook. (laughs) (laughs) Have, Have you tried some of these recipes? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I I don't think you will ever find me cooking with anything called a mung bean. <laughs> Isn't that the name of her her third son? Oh, it may as well be. <laughs> it may as well be, but I mean, what does she do? And then then like to see her on one of these, you know, like blurbs. She was at some place and she was talking about how tired she gets in the afternoon and she has to take a nap. What the fuck does she do that she needs to take a nap? I mean, the nanny takes the kids to the park. She just sort of sits around in downward-facing dog or sun salutation 12 hours of the day, and yet she's exhausted. (laughs) And and she drops the N-bomb at Jay-Z concerts. Oh, yeah, because that's how she rolls, you know? (laughs) Um. Yeah, well, she is, uh, what I wonder is that you have all, like, everybody and their mother is saying they're a foodie nowadays. First yeah. off, what the fuck is that? That's not a, is that a thing? To me, that doesn't seem like it. Everybody likes food. That's not really a thing. Is that a thing? A foodie? Is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, to me, a foodie would be honey boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, show me show me a new trick with some spam, and that's a fucking foodie. Oh. <laughs> That's somebody who can, like, you know, make some faux food out of mung beans. <laughs> right. Gwyneth Paltrow is not a foodie. Uh, yeah, and no, and, 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 and when yeah. is she going to, like, stop letting her husband walk out of the house and adult garanimals? <laughs> who is what she married to? Is Chris, guy wearing uh, Chris Cornell from Corn? Or what's, what's, the, what's the guy? <laughs> Who's the guy? What Chris is something? What's, Chris no, Apple's the kid. Cornhole is what he is. I I can't think of the name. What oh Coldplay. Oh, Chris Martin. Coldplay. Right? Oh Coldplay. Coldplay, yeah, not Cornhole. Wow. 
Um, cool. I, you know, I, I feel like Weeks is a big fan, and I have never been a fan of them. Weeks, are you a big fan of Coldplay? I, I actually am. I, I, I want to say I'm the, their biggest fan, but I respect their music, yes. I think their lyrics are terrible, but I know their music's pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, it's just I, sort of, it's anthemic, you know, adult granimals wear music. It's just so odd. <laughs> and who's the second hot mess? My second hot mess would have to be poor Brandy. You know, she's oh. trying to get her, like, shit back together with a new album and thought she'd be touring and stuff. So she took yeah, because she cake. killed that lady. She t- yeah, yeah, you know, just just a little career mishap. Oops, let's forget that one, too. But anyway, she's like, she gets this, like, you know, her first, like, big gig in a long time, and she's all excited and shit, and it's, like, for Nelson Mandela's Sports and Culture Day over in Johannesburg in a 90,000-seat arena. Uh, well, apparently the sponsors forgot to, like, tout the fact that she was the closer of the show. So once the awards were given out, I guess people started leaving while she was trying to get there and get set up. She performed for basically 40 people that were sort of standing down at the front after everybody had left. Yeah. She couldn't even tell that they were actually, they wanted her to come back for an encore because she couldn't hear them. Jesus. Oh, man. Forty people you know, in a ninety thousand seat arena. Can you imagine? That's very God. Hey, you I mean, know, there were more Weasel, roadies than there were people watching. That's sad. I'll never yeah. forget the first time that Sire Tom Fogarty was on the sh- uh, the Blaze and Rise show, and uh, I forget what the hell the context was, but then he says, "Next thing you know, you got Moesha behind you on the freeway." <laughs> <laughs> Yep, it's a scary thought, isn't it? Very. Yes. yes, it surely is. Yeah. I mean, between her and her car and Ray J and his camera, I don't, I don't know. It's just a scary situation. Yeah. To think that uh, she was he, almost related to Whitney by by marriage. I mean, that's a frightening thought. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, okay. yeah, because Whitney never had her own problems. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, and, and let me tell you, I saw the writing on the wall with that Oprah Lindsay Lohan interview this last weekend. Oh yeah, I had to go. So? Oops, how long did Whitney last after her big interview with Oprah? Uh oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. I wish her well, but it just seemed like it was one big fluff piece on both their parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay, and my last hot mess, or is there something else? Yeah, I yeah. don't even want to waste it on Lindsay. My last hot mess is you heard about DMX getting arrested yet again in South Carolina. Uh, why? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he there's footage of him outside the car screaming, ranting, and raving. And he just keeps repeating the same thing. Normal traffic stop? This ain't a normal traffic stop. There's 18 traffic cops. Normal, normal traffic stop? This ain't no traffic stop. There's 18 traffic cops. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he got a little belligerent when they were pulled over. He wasn't even driving. They were pulled over for an illegal lane change. Euphemism for black probable cause in South Carolina. <laughs> but, but there you go. And of course they found that he was intoxicated and found weed in the car and then they started looking his ass up, and he, of course, has previous arrest warrants that he never attended to. So, yeah, they locked his ass up. Oh, jeez. 
Yep. Uh, well, shame, that, you, you know, know because, because he is a talented yeah. dude. So talented, and, and a lot of people don't. Rappers. Yeah. yeah, he's such a he's a great rapper, and a lot of people don't give him enough credit. But I think I think he's a great actor too. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too bad he's fucking nuts. Yep. <laughs> yep. But then again, like I said, South Carolina. You know, if you're black and you change lanes quickly, that's probable cause. Yeah, that's, that's not right. BPC. BPC. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, so yeah. We're gonna move from the BPC into the CPT. Uh, let's move oh. into that jack off. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah jack off time. Bogarty, are you are you gonna whack off this time now that you're home? I'm lubed, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Extra oil from that tossing of the salad. <laughs> Lead singer of the Calling, Alex Band, told police he had been abducted, beaten, and robbed. This is actually the calling's first hit in over a decade. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo was attacked by anti-abortionists for defending Mississippi's last abortion clinic. In response, Ruffalo quadrupled in size, yelled a lot, and turned green. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> People across the pond in England booed Beyonce when she showed up 20 minutes late for the V Festival Saturday night. I'm not sure what the V Festival is, but I got my own idea about it. Anyway, I woke her responded by saying, it's about time. (laughs) John Mellencamp's two sons were arrested earlier this week for punching and kicking a 19-year-old man they believed had attacked them earlier that day. Oddly, the victim was not upset as he kept telling authorities it hurt so good. Oh, baby, let me tell you that it. Love it, love it. (laughs) Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher is reportedly getting a divorce from his wife, Nicole Appleton. The world reacted by saying, He's still alive? (laughs) Yeah, and what the hell was that hit? What was that one wonder? Wonder Wonderwall. 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 Okay, Sugar Balls, something like that. <laughs> they had a few. They had a few hits, to be fair. It may have only been the one album, but they had a few of them on there. They were the next Beatles. Yeah. They certainly beat one another up enough. <laughs> yeah, right. they did. Okay. They may as well join John Mellencamp's sons. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Should I proceed? Yes, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. California Assemblyman Tim Donnelly will be pulling his children out of public school now that California has allowed transgender students to use the restrooms of their gender identity. He won't, however, be pulling his cock out of that glory hole at the men's room at the Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) Assemblyman... Donnelly said that boys aged 13 and 16 are horrified at the prospect of using the same bathrooms as peers who were once born female. His two boys responded by saying, Shut up, Dad! (laughs) (laughs) Earlier this week, a man was found dead from a gunshot wound in Olivia Newton-John's Florida home. I guess she finally put the rama lama lama in the kidding a ding to blow! 
Ding-a-ding-a-ding-dong. Tara Reid recently showed off her new bikini body in Ibiza. No word yet on whose body it actually was. <laughs> oh, Tara. <laughs> is she or is she not going to be in Sharknado 2? <laughs> was she in the first one? She was in the Oh, my God, she was so good. She was so good. She was so much better than Lindsay is Liz. <laughs> the newsroom star, Olivia Munn, dislocated her shoulder, falling from an indoor swing last week. She immediately said, most people spend their lives trying to not to be in the greater fool. We toss in the hot potato. We die for a seat when the music stops. The greater fool is someone with the perfect blend of self-delusion and ego to think that he can succeed where others have failed. This whole country was made by greater fools. Wow. She said all that? <laughs> she did. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I wow. really like her on Newsroom. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, earlier this week, Maryland State Delegate Don Dwyer was arrested for driving while under the influence. This follows a drunk boating accident earlier this month where Dwyer drunkenly collided with another boat on the Magothy River, injuring seven people, including himself. His blood level was more than twice the legal limit. When she heard about this, Aaron Brockovich said, oh, let me find out where he be partying at. <laughs> my governor, my, my, my governor, all the plays. Mine, mine. Mine, mine. I, I, I. Mine, mine, mine. Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> My governor, Paul Page, reportedly said in one of his speeches, Obama hates white people. When he reached for a comment, Obama said, No, I don't hate white people. What I really hate are the happies. <laughs> so unlike him, former Congressman Dennis Kucinich spoke candidly about the NSA the other night by saying, I'm saying this with a lifetime's experience in government here. It's time to punch this NSC, NSA's ticket here. They've ruined the brand. They've destroyed the idea of privacy. Kucinich was found dead in his Ohio home today. Uh, <laughs> I like him with his big old ears. <laughs> and his tall-ass wife. Yeah. Yeah, he must have had something going for him. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> The DNC is set to vote on a resolution that calls for San Diego Mayor Bob Filner to resign. When approached about the resignation, Mayor Filner said he was still feeling out the situation. <laughs> I like how you call him Mayor Filner. Yeah. In response to the Obama administration's persistent crackdown on marijuana, pro-legalization website Marijuana Majority co-founder Tom Angel told reporters it's baffling that the White House still seems so afraid to embrace this issue, particularly for an administration headed by a former marijuana enthusiast who repeatedly pledged during the 2008 campaign to put a stop to federal raids on state legal providers. Tom Angel followed that up by saying, it's baffling that the White House still seems so afraid to embrace this issue, particularly for an administration headed by a former marijuana enthusiast 
who repeatedly pledged during the 2008 campaign to put a stop to federal raids on state legal providers. Ooh, holla! <laughs> yep. I bet Obama just put the bong down. <laughs> you think he's okay, tossing his salad that, too? That poor train wreck. Melanie Griffith told Fox reporters she's tired of Hollywood movie scripts, which she says are nothing but shitty, stupid, and superficial. Not that Milk Money, of course. You know, I mean, that was such a brilliant film, like right up there with Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, man, with a mind of mind, man. with a mind of mind, man. Kane. Rosebud. Monday night at the Staples Center in L.A., Taylor Swift told fans she listens to the Sarah Bareilles song, Brave, every single time she has a bad self-esteem day. Right. That Android for new celebrity cock. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I like John Mayer's new one about her. He sort of got her back. Anywho, Sons of Anarchy star, Charlie Hunam, who's quite a little hunk, I must say. Is the latest actor rumored to play Christian Grey in the movie version of Shades of Grey? When Danny DeVito found out, he exclaimed, Oh, but I was so close! He then proceeded to pull out his magnum dong and plow Rhea. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! You sipping on that scissor over there, sire? Oh, holla! next week. Thank you so much. Ciao, bellies. Take care, man. Bye. Paper towels. Hello. Shimalia. Shimalia. <laughs> yeah, Shimalia. Shimalia, man. Shimalia, man. Shimalia, man. Shimalia, Shimalia, Okay, wait. I thought I was just going back so we could do it together. I didn't realize we were trying to one-up each other. You are just too good. You know what's weird is that whole wizard thing that we were talking about. I realized that during the show tonight. That Tom Fogarty actually lives on Waverly. I completely forgot. He fucking lives on Waverly Place. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he is the wizard. That's it. He's got to, he should dress up as a wizard more often. You know what's also crazy about that is right when we talked about the wizard, I got a Facebook twat notification, and it said it was a, I had been tagged in a photograph from Amber White Yeager uh, and says, Look what I have, channeling Joanna's love of Wizard of Oz with Ryan Holmes. So as soon as we're talking about the Wizard with Fogarty, then Amber writes about me and a wizard on the Internet, on the worldwide social web. And, and let me find out, it's a piece of paper from when we must have been in high school. And it says, all it says is, Amber, yes, it does. And then on the thing, Amber, yes, it does with the a mad face, rye, and it says, wake up, there ain't no freaking wizard. 
I have no clue what the hell this thing is. It almost looks like it might be cigarettes or something because it says no additives, true taste. Oh, yeah, and there's a picture of a cigarette. So I don't know what the previous note was. Maybe Amber was saying it is cigarettes. I don't know. But it doesn't kill. And I said, Amber, yes, it does with a sad face. But it says, wake up, there ain't no wizard on it. And this is my, I can tell it's my writing from when I was, you know, 16. So pretty weird. That is beyond weird. That is bizarro world. That's <laughs> something about them wizards, man. I don't know, man. I think I mean, Tommy Boy Fogarty is a wizard. He is the wizard. He flies he all is. over the place. He, go, he goes to Florida. I mean, what you know? What sane person does that? Only wizards do that. <laughs> well, yeah, they got to go to Disney World to run the place. These wizards. That's right. That's right. That's right. You must be a wizard. I knew it. Yeah. You hit on that point. You were, that was genius. You brought that. We're wiggling in place. I'm gonna watch that movie. I want to see that now. What movie? With what? Isn't there a movie or a book or a show, Wizards of Waverly Place or something like that? The girls yeah, it's, of Waverly. It's, it's, it's a Disney show. You 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 were so excited about its season finale a couple of weeks ago. That's true because it had Amanda Bynes' mind. Amanda Bynes' mind. So <laughs> now I, I just want to ask, so I don't you know feel guilty uh, for keeping you on. Are we are do we have a, a very limited amount of time left tonight, sir? No, no, we could go on. So no, we, we're, we're fine. We're good. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, great. That's good news. So, so we, we just have a couple more things to cover. So last week, um, we had this phone call to uh, this kid, Ethan, uh, who was very uh, – this was our Dr. Drew segment last week, um, much less serious than the one tonight, uh, kind of ridiculous if you ask me. Uh, in fact, it's so ridiculous that Ethan even said at some point, I feel like I just need to check out the size, and I'm going to immediately know after five seconds if it's a woman's shirt. And I wondered, well, why the fuck did we have that talk in the first place then? <laughs> well, because he was embarrassed to go into the store. He didn't want to do it. He wanted somebody else to do it. And uh, you know, I told him, all he had to do was feel up that mannequin, you know, and then, you know, find out if it was a man or a woman. It has nothing to do with the shirt. It has everything to do with the mannequin. I, I don't think he understood that. You know, he was saying you you were saying to go online and or something, and he said, "Well, it's a small boutique, so they don't have a website." And you go, "Oh, they do." <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, and then uh, you said, "Send another soldier out there uh, to to check on, you know, check the mannequin for him if it was a man or a woman's shirt." Who would do this? Does it need to be a real military soldier, or could it be a toy soldier like Eminem? I would say it has to be a real soldier, a real military soldier. Because <laughs> uh, they would do that willingly, and they would they would know what this is, they would treat it like a mission, like a serious mission, and that's what it is. And I don't think Ethan <laughs> would take it very seriously. If he really wanted that shirt, he had to get somebody to go in there to feel out the mannequin to know if it was a man or a woman or or a shoe mannequin. And uh, you know, if it, if, it, if it was a shoe mannequin, then then he can't wear the shirt. But of course, if it's a unisex mannequin. Maybe it's Shemalakin. Maybe it's Shemalakin. <laughs> so, when, about the Shemalakins, let me just point out what a fucking sicko you are. Uh, I, I want to play some clips of last week's show, and, and we'll come back and discuss. Here we go. Does American okay. have boobs? That's the question. No. Are they protruding from the chest, chestal area? Uh-huh. Feel the breastal area. And so then you have to touch the genital area too, I guess. Why don't you just go in the store and and kind of 
trying to, like, fuel up the mannequin. you got a legal opinion here. My legal opinion is that you can do whatever you want to a mannequin, whatever you want. <laughs> this is plenty fine for you. Go in there and purchase that shirt. I really highly advise fueling up the mannequin before you get the shirt. Or, or maybe, yes, take the mannequin outside of the store and do it outside yeah. on, the, on the street. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Some sort of shamanican sh- fetish or something? Shamanican fetish? I I think, I think we discovered it. I maybe I I, I think I maybe uh, talked too much about that. Yes, I, I do have a. Ever since I saw that movie where that guy kept filling up the mannequin and it turned it turned real, I've I've had a uh, fetish for mannequins. What movie is that? I forgot what it was called, but it was. You remember that movie? It was like in the eighties. That guy who like fell oh. in love with mannequins. He works in the department store and then turned real. Oh, yeah. She's the mannequin, man. The mannequin, man. She's the mannequin, yeah. They're the featuring Amanda Bates. A man of Bruce Bannikin, which is the most incredible host. Incredible host. <laughs> <laughs> the Shemalican Hulk. What if the Incredible Hulk was female? She Mannequin Hulk. It's very possible. The She Hulk. I mean, the one She Hulk, right? So that was a that was a Shemalican Hulk. I don't know if she was Shemalia Hulk, but whatever, like the. Say if we go yes, back to the old. Yes, it was. No, listen to me. There was a Shabali Hulk Marvel card. I remember that. I remember that. I think there was. It was like the Hulk had like a pack. You know, there's a female Hulk, but it had like a package. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Bill Bixby as Bruce Banner back in the day, and then all of a sudden he starts to get angry and some fucking tits pop out. Green, green tits filled with some green breast milk. And he's just he's getting angrier and angrier and squirting everyone with the breast milk. And, and she's just getting like her, her and, then, and then she just gets bigger and bigger. The tits get bigger and she gets greener and stuff. And it's just, uh, it's amazing. I mean, that sounds like a great concept for a movie played by a band of bags of mine. By the way, when I saw that I Love You Man movie and they were buying uh, or selling Lou Ferrigno's house and I was with a girl at the time who was, I think she was like, I don't know, 21 or something and I was 26 or something. And I remember those scenes with um, Lou Ferrigno where, uh, like, Jason Siegel was like, you don't want to make him angry, and he kept calling him a Hulk and stuff. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, she laughed at it, but I kept wondering, like, does she really get these references? Because, you know, she, I mean, chances are she didn't watch that Incredible Hulk. Right, right. That was old-school Hulk. You know, that was a big boy, uh, Lou Ferrigno. He used to, uh, you know, weightless with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was, wasn't he Mr. Olympian and Arnold lost? Well, he lost to Arnold, I believe. I forgot what year it was. Oh, really? Yes, and they were supposed to be, like, not friendly to each other, and one, you know, had an amazing career, and the other, you know, average, you know, at best, and it's had that kind of, like, a rivalry. 
But and Lou Ferrigno was an amazing career. You're talking about Ferrigno and Arnold is average at best, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's um, before we get off of uh, Ethan's uh, thing, I almost said before we get off Ethan, which sounds awful. But actually, <laughs> Ethan's thing doesn't sound any better. But w- let me just play you what happened when he picked up the phone. All right? Okay. This is, yep. This is what happened. <laughs> I just want to play to you that sound one more time. Here. <laughs> You're going. You know what that sounds like? Something that that will that will be the noise we all hear when the world ends. <laughs> well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna keep on dancing till the world ends. Oh, uh, 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 uh,
Do you think that she was all nice to you, and then all of a sudden she went on Twitter.com and discussed when she was like, go fuck yourself? Yes, that's what happened, yes. And then uh, I, I'm never going to go to that multiplex, duplex, uh, quadrupleplex ever again in Milford. That's, uh, how scared how was it when you guys went? How was how was the double feature? Oh, it was terrible. It, uh, I, I, was, I was scared for my life most of the time. And we were sitting like... <laughs> We were sitting like three rows apart, and she kept eyeing me, and uh, I was scared. Uh, so I, I ran out of there. I'm just imagining you at the Milford Fourplex, which doesn't exist anymore, with Shamala the Shamalical Hulk, the rugged, uh, um, as Amanda Bynes, with, with um, the guy with no limbs in the computer, and the lady with three pairs of glasses and the magnifying glass. I'm just imagining you all sitting next to each other and, and the Wizard of Waverly Place. Oh, my God. Well, the Wizard is the only good thing about that whole those scenario. So. And uh, Matthew I, Heller. I for my life. What? Heller Mains there, too. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. How about the Blair Witch? The Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we um, got into the whole That's thing at... Oh, what was that you said? Sounds like a pigeon name. <laughs> what, 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 what did I say? Sounds like a pigeon's name. <laughs> well, yeah, it definitely sounded like a pigeon's name. That pigeons have names, you know. That's that's, that's like pigeons. okay. That's what I was wondering because uh, last week I, I mentioned uh, this this kid Kenji, and you you were appalled by the name. So it sounds like a pigeon's name. And then I was wondering, do, do you go around naming pigeons? I do, I do. When, especially when I'm in New York, that's one of my favorite things to do, to follow the pigeons and walk with them, become one of them, start cooing like a pigeon, and I name them. I name them just like my fellow friends sometimes. You know, they have names as well, and, and the pigeons become one with me. They're really cool, actually. They, they, sometimes I think they're smarter than a lot of uh, you know, people in New York, but, you know, they're really uh, they're good kids. I, I love pigeons. I can understand why Mike, Mike Tyson loved them too. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the the sad part is that I believe every word you're saying. You should. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I I tried it with seagulls, but seagulls are not as friendly. So I like pigeons a lot more. They have character. You know what they have the personality. Whole, the whole thing about seagulls is. But otherwise, if you want to live a natural, normal life, terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, if you want to live a natural, normal life, terrible idea. <laughs> I think I turned into the Hulk there. Are you a speaking of the Hulk? <laughs> yeah, you turned into some, the Shamalical Hulk. <laughs> I love that, Dave. Shamalical Hulk. Isn't that a song? Isn't that a, oh, well, there never was there ever. Hulk so special. I love Mr. Magical Mr. Mistopoli. That, that was my favorite cat. I love Cats to play. That was my favorite play ever. He was magical. Cats is terrible. Are you out what? of your fucking mind? No, that was my favorite play ever. Yeah, oh I liked God. it when I was a kid before I reached the age of reason. <laughs> I'll never forget. Brain cell. That, was, that, was, that, was, Adam, on, that was a great play. My friend Adam Dornbush and I went to see Cats uh, in um, 
Cerritos, California, because our friend Joanna Silvers, is it Silvers or Silver? Silver. Okay, Joanna Silver was in Cats, uh, and she played like, uh, I don't know, rum, tum, ball bag or something. <laughs> so we're watching, <laughs> we're watching the Cats, and after the first, he had never seen it before. I had seen it in New Haven at the Schubert, but I, he had never seen it before. So after the first number, he turns to me and he goes, why is there a spaceship? So that's the first thing. Then uh, when we when we got to – and keep in mind, we, I think we got, like, discounted tickets and everyone else was paying full price around us. Uh, after the first act was over and the curtain went down for intermission, Dornbush turns to me and loudly goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and people gave him, like, the dirtiest looks. <laughs> I love cats, man. I saw it in uh, New York uh, a long time ago. It was like an elementary school, though. Yes, it was great then. We did like a little play. Mistopolis was my favorite cat. Oh, they had that great song, Memories, and uh, yeah, it was kind of terrible. But you know, it was like it was like Blue Man's Group with but with cats, and not as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the shamalical Mister Mustopolis. <laughs> Oh, like that. It's a molecule, Mr. Mustafa. Oh, well, the molecule is there. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, but sound advice for, for everyone just in general for, for humanity and I'm going to play that. Just, you know, stop kissing in buckets, give people <laughs> some money, and grow the fuck up and pull those goddamn orangutan pants up. <laughs> I, what, what can I say? The wizard tells the truth. You know, he's speaking on the real there. He's He's, he's got good advice. The wizard of Waverly. Tommy Boy Literally, the Wizard of Waverly Place. Really, I forgot the man fucking lives on Waverly Place. I forgot that totally. That is incredible, though. That, it sounds like a book. You know, I, I he looks like a wizard too, if you ask me. He, has, he does. He really does, actually. You know, I could see him in like Harry Potter, and like you know, flying around on a broomstick, and like you know, you know, dancing, dancing on the treetops. I could see all this happening. Well, he comes from the world of dancing, you know, Fogarty does. Well, see? See, isn't it? This is all coming together now. He is a wizard. That's it. I can see him dancing in trees. It's, you know what I realized? I, I don't really think I know the difference between witches, warlocks, wizards, uh, shamalians, no, that's not true. I just scratched the last one from the record. I don't know the difference, though. What's the difference between a wizard and a warlock? Oh, crap. I, 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 I warlocks, I don't know a thing about warlocks. I think they're a lot, they're a lot more negative, just not to mention <laughs> the name. But I, I, it, was, it was a Marvel character, too, I think, warlock. And uh, he just wanted the destruction of everything. So I think they just like to put a war and destroy people and civilizations and but I think wizards are different. They deal in magic and potions and uh you know, more of the supernatural type. You know? 
I guess. I don't know. I heard the other day an explanation that said there was, if you're a younger guy and, you know, you're a witch, then you're a warlock, and then once you're older, you're a wizard. I'm going to have to look this up. This is very interesting. Maybe uh, maybe I'll have to research it. Uh, what would you rather be? I would rather be a wizard. I think wizards are pretty cool. Nobody beats the wizard. I'd rather be Shamala Hulk. Mustafali. That's right. That's right. We're all Shamala Hulk. Shamalistopolis. <laughs> There's only one of them. Shamalopolis. I don't even know what I just said. Shamalopolis. 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 All right, you win that one. And then during the joke off last week, uh, I, I, this happened. What the photo doesn't show is that the homeless woman shoved the bills back in his face and said, in an old granny voice, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be this more than me in a few years, sonny. And pull the pants, you little bastard. <laughs> what was going through your head there? I don't know. I don't think anything was. I think, uh, first of all, I, I missed that, that the, the old granny thing. I should have just you know, went over that. And then my granny voice was a little scary. That was like... Uh, <laughs> That, well, that's what I picture. When I hear old granny voices, I think of my old friend uh, Kevin Nichols' mother, even though she wasn't a grandmother at the time. But whenever I'd be on the phone with him, I, I would hear her yelling at him, probably because she didn't want him talking to me because I'm a bad influence. But I always hear her saying, <laughs> and, and it always reminded me of uh, Home Alone, you know, the mother yelling at Kevin because his name was Kevin, and she'd be like, Besides Ethan's whole, you know, that that useless twenty-minute conversation about Shamala shirts last week, then we talked about the uh, the trip that you took to Los Angeles has been kind of a point of conversation the last couple of weeks, and um, there uh, uh, you, you discussed what happened when you tried to take a shower, and let me just—I just want to play that, and we'll we'll talk about it here. I looked down okay. on the floor of the shower. Oh my God.
and I don't think I can ever get back. That's the day I decided to turn clean. Actually, that's the day. That's the day that everything changed for me. Um, I, I, no, I, I used after that. I used bleach to take showers with. It was that bad. It was that. It was. I had to take a shower to take a. After taking a shower, you're from getting dirty from that place. I mean, that was. <laughs> it was disturbing. Well, that's what, you know, this, this past uh, last year when when we had to go through um some stuff together, <laughs> uh, you uh you were taking shower like two three showers a day. I was like, well, what the hell happened to the old week? <laughs> the old weeks died in that bathroom that day. Uh, when, he, when he dared to take a shower there, you know, I, and, 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 and I remember, you know, uh, Nasrino and, and Scott Spezio, they were like, "Don't go take a shower there, man. Don't do it." I was like, "What is wrong with these guys? Come on, you know." Uh, so I went in there, you know, I was very unassuming. I took my glasses off, so I didn't see most of it until I put them on. And when I put them on, I almost fell over the bathroom. Uh, the shower area, it almost it broke my neck. I was, oh, my God! And uh, the soap. I just, I'll, I'll never forget the soap. The soap was, you know, it was it was one of those Irish Spring soaps. It was, like, blue. It was nice and clean. You put it down, and I turned it over when I picked it up. It was, like, black. It was spotted with, like, this brown stuff coming all over it. It was, it was something else. It was, it was really, it was a science experiment there. And I don't think I survived that night. <laughs> More importantly, who hell, who the hell calls those things controls? <laughs> I went in the shower. I grabbed a hold of the controls. Luckily, I had my co-pilot there to accelerate. You know, and who calls them controls? I don't know what to call them, but who calls them that? I don't, I don't, sometimes, sometimes I get very confused by shower stall. You know the the heat and the cold things, and uh, you know I call them control. Sometimes it can be very confusing. <laughs> the knobs. At least I think I call them knobs. knobs. Yeah, knobs and broomsticks and wizards, and um, <laughs> but yeah, I call I call them controls because I find them very sometimes it can be very confusing. Bed knobs. Bed knobs. Bed knobs and from sleeping, I see these Cheerios raining down from the sky. 
and uh, <laughs> I can't react because I'm still waking up. There's falling in my mouth. I think I even ate one and swallowed it at the time. I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> They're falling all over my eyes, and, and uh, as soon as I get my glasses on, I see somebody running around the kitchen and up the stairs, and I hear giggling. I'm not lying on that one. Um, it was. <laughs> Are you lying on other ones? Are you implying that no, you're lying no. on everything else you said tonight? No, no, no. I was honest and completed everything I'm saying. Uh, it was disturbing beyond belief. I because I thought it was a dream, and a, a, a nightmare, a, a nightmare at the very best. And so when I woke up, I was like, "What in the world is happening?" And I, I, I was very scared. I, I, you know, I didn't go back to sleep. It was like four in the morning, so I was like, uh, I just stayed in the corner there watching everything going on. <laughs> you said, you said, uh, going back to the shower, you. You said you lost your brother in that battle. Now, I thought Soap was your rival, and you're calling it your brother. Well, uh, what, it was my rival. And then when I went into that bathroom, everything changed. Soap became my friend at that point. It was the only only person that I knew that would have my back in that bathroom. And so leaving that soap behind, I felt really bad because I knew it was dead and within uh, instantly. It was, there was no way of coming back from that. That soap was, that soap was <laughs> you, you lost. Died, you died in that bathroom. I died in that bathroom that night. And uh, I, I don't think I'll ever reclaim that, that old John Weeks. That old John Weeks is gone. He's gone with that soap. He's He's been uh, destroyed and dirtied beyond belief. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that soap, too. It was a nice, fresh blue bar of Irish Spring. <laughs> I, I left it behind, and I, I don't think I'll forgive myself for that. Um, but uh, it was it was goner. It was goner as soon as I hit the counter in the bathroom. <laughs> so you uh, uh, last week you said that that that, that Patrick's bathroom was was. I mean, let's wait. Okay, so Jason's kicking the mattress. He's tormenting you. The Cheerios are falling. Patrick has the clown porn blasting, and then he's running up the stairs laughing like a child. I mean, this really sounds like fuck it, like something out of a, a carnival or a haunted house or something. It really does. Then, you know, you're forgetting Scott Casey was like, what, what's, what's up with this place? It sounds like dirty old cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been a lot of in and out in that blanket, if you know what I mean. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, but yes, it was. It was. It was like a fun house. You know, going up through those hallway, that hallway up the stairs into the hallway, I just heard that weird noise of giggling, and uh, you know, it sounded like sexual noises. And, and you know, I, I wanted to peek in, but I didn't want to because I didn't know what would happen. It's like in one of those horror movies. So I kind of slid by. And went into the bathroom, and it was bad bad choice. I I should have probably just busted in on Patrick, quite frankly, watching the clown board, because uh, I went into the bathroom. And it was just it was a trap. I think I think it was all a trap. And uh, you know, I turned on the light, and wow, it was I was awakened to a world of nightmares, and nothing but uh, dread at that point and doom. <laughs> so you said last time that that bathroom was out of saw. Uh, you know, with that guy seesaw, and would you rather spend the night in that bathroom or kill yourself? And what what that always reminds me of is I was in a music industry 106 at Syracuse with this uh, guy named uh, Bill DeCosmo was the professor, but we called him Charles DeCosmo. <laughs> 
His name was Bill DeCosmo, but we called him Charles DeCosmo. <laughs> and he, he even, one time Jason wrote on his uh, paper, uh, rather than B. DeCosmo, he wrote C. DeCosmo. <laughs> and a paper that he actually handed in to the professor. So we would be in the classroom, and Jason and I would sit towards the back, and we would always be laughing at what Charles DeCosimo was doing because the guy was, like, out of his mind. And so I'm sure he thought we were, like, the two stoners in the back of the class. But, you know, I wasn't high ever. Uh, so it wasn't me. And Jason, it was too early for him to be stoned. So, um, But the thing is, nobody else found this guy funny, but he would always say shit like he'd be like uh, – He'd be like, uh, what did he say? You know, then then you got to take the family to a Broadway show, and uh, the wife, the kids want the coffee mugs, and the wife wants a T-shirt. I hate her. And he would always say this stuff about his wife under his breath, and he sounded very sincere about the hatred that he had for his wife. Um, so Jason and I would just like laugh about it, and then um, one day he goes. <laughs> There was there was a basketball player from the Syracuse basketball team in my class. I believe his name was Terrence Roberts. And uh, Charles DeCosimo one day, he says, say you need incidental background music in a movie. For instance, what's the last movie that you guys saw? Terrence? And Terrence goes, saw. And Charles goes, what? And Terrence goes, saw. And Charles goes, saw? And Terrence goes, yeah. And he said, what's that? So the whole conversation goes like this. Hey, uh, say you need incidental background music in a movie. For instance, what's the last movie you guys saw? Terrence saw. What? Saw. Saw? What's that? I never heard of that. And then Terrence goes, oh, it's, it's this movie with, like, a lot of blood and guts and violence and stuff. And then Charles DeCosimo goes, oh, I never heard of that. Sounds like my kind of movie. <laughs> and he did this crazy-ass clown Patrick-like laugh, and he also sounded sincere about that being his kind of movie. <laughs> um, but the exchange was just so funny. And then uh, the next year, I went back there uh, to do a play at Syracuse. I had already graduated, but um, I decided I was going to sit in on their music industry class that morning. And Charles DeCosimo, I'm sitting right in the front row as if I'm still a student there, right? And Charles DeCosimo has no clue. And he goes, so uh, say you need incidental background music in the movie. For instance, anyone saw Saw 2 over the weekend? And I was, like, cheering up so much from trying not to laugh. And then the next year, uh, my friend Matt Lundy told me, Oh, by the way, uh, DeCosmo said anybody saw Saw 3 over the weekend. And then the next year, my friend Ryan Canuel said, oh, yeah, the, the, the guy, the music industry guy, DeCosmo, he said anybody saw Saw 4 over the weekend. So every year, this guy's saying anybody saw Saw over the weekend, all from that one moment. See, it's the moments that define us. That's amazing. Uh, Charles DeCocomo is really something else. DeCocomo. <laughs> DeCocomo. But he was like, he was like, what's the last movie you guys saw? Terrence saw. What saw? Saw. <laughs> and then he was like, D Largo, Montego, baby, baby, what a we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't That's hilarious. Problem. 
uh, and so that's what Saul always reminds me of. And you know that uh, the, that that uh, one time I was talking to Patrick, and I forget what we were talking about. I think I said I think I was complaining about something. And and guess, guess what Patrick said to me? What do you say? He goes, well, uh, you know, you're one of the most miserable people I've ever known. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did he, what did he say? What did he, said, he said, well, you're one of the most miserable people I've ever known. <laughs> well, uh, you're one of the most miserable people I've ever known. <laughs> He's one of the sickest bastards I've ever met in my life. That bastard was hell on earth. That bastard was six saw saw eight thousand. Uh, you know, it was something I would never want to see. And, and that clown porn music, I still can't get it out of my head. I thought Hellerman was over there. I think that's that's something that that's something Hellerman would be scared of. The Blair Witch would be scared of that. Oh my God! I was, uh, Patrick Bateman was something else. He was—he scared the hell out of me. He scared the bejesus hell of man out of me. How the fuck do you remember his last name? I completely <laughs> forgot his last name. Uh, is that his last name? Yeah, it, no, it's Baker. Oh, I said Bateman. You know, I, I was a uh, you know American psycho. Very close. <laughs> Why didn't you just randomly say Bateman? Uh, that's the name of the character in American Psycho. That's uh, you know, that's Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he, uh, well, you know, what was weird is that you know his name's. Oh boy, I hope I hope you know nobody ever listens to this. But his name <laughs> is Patrick Baker, right? And then one time his mom comes and meets us, and she says her name's Pat. So. <laughs> At that point, Jason and I were very disturbed. <laughs> he was a disturbing individual. He was not someone I would ever want to see in a dark alley somewhere. He was scary. Uh, he was uh, – there was a calmness to him that you see right before a storm of misery. <laughs> of, of pigeoning? Of, of pigeoning and misery. Oh, man. <laughs> Pigeoning Misery and Mustafa Shamali's. That's right. He's, he reminded me of Kathy Bates in Misery. That's what he reminded me of. <laughs> he, does probably, he does get a little Batesy. And, and that's why you were probably you were probably that James Conn character. That's why you were so miserable. Because of, because of Patrick. Because <laughs> of what character? Uh, you were like the James Conn character, uh, you oh. know, in Misery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wish I ever saw that movie, and I would love these references. But I, he does oh, you got, seem you a little. You gotta see it. It's so scary. It's so it's disturbing. Is it as disturbing as Kathy Bates stripping her ass off in uh, about Schmidt? No, I, I haven't seen that, and I do not plan to see that. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that movie is incredible. Oh my god. But but I remember sitting there with Angel Manger and I was just being like, "What is happening right now?" And she's totally naked in the hot tub with Dang Nicholson. Disgusting. <laughs> Man. Yeah, see that was made must be hilarious. You would be oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Well, speaking of that, I noticed last week when we when we discussed the main bang main, each time we talked about her, it kind of sounded as if we were having a, a seizure. Uh, and let me just play you what I mean. Is when a bang the mind's mind. 
she's called Optimus Prime Mind Bind the Mind Minds. And her favorite, my favorite quote is when a Bind the Minds Minds, as Optimus Prime Mind says, Freedom is the light of all sentient beings. Yeah, Optimus Prime Mind. Yes, yeah, Bind the Minds Mind as Optimus Prime Mind. Because she's the main man with the main domain man who got the main mind. And then the main domain man goes, uh, well, that's funny because my back is on my cock. (laughs) 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 Doesn't it sound like there's something wrong with us there? (laughs) Something vitally wrong with us when you listen to that. Oh, it, it sounds so seriously wrong. Uh, it sounds like we're on a different planet, speaking a different language that nobody else will ever understand. And, Is it the planet uh, of Somalia? The planet of Somalia, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to play that one more time up to my favorite part here. Is when a Binda Mind's mind, she's called Optimus Prime Mind Binda Mind Minds. And her favorite, my favorite quote is when a Binda Mind's mind, as Optimus Prime Mind says, freedom is the light of all sentient beings. Yeah, like, a Binda Mind. Is Optimus Prime Mind a Binda Mind? A Binda Mind. Oh my God, what is wrong with it? That, that, that segment there defines who we are as friends. And you could say that's demented, but I, I say it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so disturbing. Um, but but hey, hey, I, I, I've brought a blast from our past here tonight. Uh, we touched on this last week, and I just wanted to uh, uh, play this for you. This is from uh, August 27th, I think, 2010. Here we go. I remember last year after he died, my friend... Uh, that I actually went to that 30 Years of Magic Webster Hall thing with John Weeks, he said, uh, he called Michael the great unifier of our time. Uh, would you agree with that uh, statement? The great unifier of our time. <laughs> wow. That's a great question. In a sense, yes. I didn't give it, I, I feel like I didn't, you know, the hoopla around his death and everything, I didn't give it a chance 
to soak in, and I listened to it. And it it's a it's a touching song. I love it. It's a it's a great you know unf- you know unfortunately it's a great ending song really for his career. You know, and then people don't give it respect because everybody's just focused on oh he died and Tom Ren Murray and every, all this nonsense. You know. Yeah. I, yeah, agreed. I mean, I remember Julian and I've been loving that song since Jump Street. That's that is a great song, and um, it's interesting when you listen to it. It's like I was like these background vocals, they be sounding like Michael, and then it turns out that it's his brothers who was they were recording like the background vocals after after the fact. You know. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And so, well, what do you call the guy that we just listened to in that clip? You call him Jeffrey Paul? What? Probic. Probic. Probac. <laughs> Petey, man. What's Petey, man? 
I'm, I'm looking at Petey right now, man. Petey, man. It should send him out over. Send him on a trip over here, man. I miss that Petey, man. Yeah, I'll ship him in the pizza box. Yeah, ship him in that pizza box, man. Tell Petey if he wants a pizza, I'll put him in the box. <laughs> I believe I believe your 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 direct words were tell Petey does he want some pizza, I'll put him in the box. <laughs> Which makes even less sense. It does make no sense at all. But uh yeah, you know, that's how I roll. We joyride it over here, Ryan. We joyride. <laughs> so uh what's your favorite uh, scene in She's a Mine Mine with the Mind of Mine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! My favorite scene is she's the main main is when she's reading. Amanda Bynes main is is a robot, and she plays an amazing robot with no no character at all. And this robot this robot is reading this book, and it's reading it so fast that it almost explodes, and it jumps up. And Amanda Bynes main in, in this in this movie, and she's the main main says. Twenty five alive. <laughs> and she jumps up. <laughs> That's my favorite scene of all time. And she's a main main, a feature in Amanda Bynes' mind. <laughs> <laughs> Your Amanda Bynes movies are very, very uh, ro- robot uh, heavy. <laughs> they, are. they are. She plays an amazing robot. Uh, she plays a great robot or a great uh, uh, a She Hulk. She, she a Mario Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's such a great actress. <laughs> My favorite uh, uh, scene, and she's the she's the main main with the bind of mind main, is that scene where uh, she, she plays an old barber, and she she has hair kind of like Frederick Douglass, and uh, this this other checker Fred, this guy in the barber shop, he says he says Eddie. I don't care what you say next. Just don't say nothing about no Jesse Jackson. And then a bang to main main turns her head to the side and goes, man, fuck Jesse Jackson. <laughs> That's my favorite scene, too. She, she is just great. She is just great. <laughs> so we got this uh, this incredible Hulk where you have you have Bill Bixby, uh, just growing green kits, squirting, squirting people down below, and then somehow, rather than turn into Lou Ferrigno, he turns into a Bane Domain's name, a Bane Domain's Mistopheles name. That's right, the Shamalka uh, Mistopheles. Yes, that's right. Shamalka Topolis? Shamalka Mistopheles. The incredible Shamalka Hulk. <laughs> these, these names in cats are like the the rum tum duck butter and and <laughs> fair weather Frank. Well, these names in cats the 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 jiggly the jiggly puff. <laughs> this, where, where where did Andrew Lloyd Webber come up with these names, or were they in the I mean, he original? Was, he, was, he was a genius, and uh, you know it was the Wizards of Waverly Place, Tom Tommy Boy the Wizard. You know these are all just great names that uh, define us really. Sometimes. They really do define us, and, and you know, shamanikins and Jamalia. You know, this, these are all these are all the underpinnings of, of genius. You know, and 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 this is how we how we run this show. We're not just we're, we're joy riding. We so we're joy riding with, with a purpose. With, with the purpose being Shamala Hulk Stoffelies, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. And that's why I like that that show, Cats. You know, because they had stuff like Amanda Bynes, Bynes, and Kamalka Basophilies. That was my favorite cat. I'm pretty sure when we saw Cats in New Haven, I'm pretty sure that the the guy who was the rum tum tumble tumble Brooklyn Decker, I'm pretty sure that he he had an erection the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, because I remember he was like, like before uh, the intermission ended, he came out and he was kind of grinding on some blocks on the set and like smiling and people were like laughing about it. And he of course had the, the tights on and stuff and the, the erection faced down but it looked hard as a rock <laughs> for the entire second act. I mean, I mean, can you can you blame Rum Tum Dum Dum Dum? I mean, uh, <laughs> if I was if I was wearing an outfit like that and I was grinding up on something, sometimes they went into the audience. Maybe they grinded up on an audience member. You know, sometimes you have these erections. These these things happen. You know, this is the natural world of cats. Cats with reactions. I think reactions. he did. I think he did go into the audience with grinding his hard cock up against an old lady. I'm, I was sitting there at like 12 years old wondering, uh, is this legal? <laughs> is this legal in the world of cats? This is what cats do every day, all day, every day, baby, you know? And, uh, you know? But this is not a cat. This is a human person playing a cat in a costume as a cat. <laughs> he was becoming the cat, you know, in a lot of ways, and... And you know when you, when you wear that outfit and you're told to grind up on people, maybe he was doing it on his own free will. Maybe he was becoming, maybe he was just acting out of character and he was becoming too human, or he was a cat becoming a human. And that's what the whole thing was was happening. He was transforming from cat to human. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it was uh, a cat dog, cat dog Malia. And the dog would keep grinding up on <laughs> So is it the same thing as, you know, to tranny, trannies is the dogs that think they're cats, they have surgery to become cats, then we have to, we'll identify them as cats then. That's right. That's right. And he was a cat that had that surgery, so he thought he was also a dog, and that's why he was grinding up on everything. You know, and, and then maybe that person was just another, you know, uh, hydrant to him, you know? <laughs> There was there was a there was a guy who was on the subway and he put on a a, a hat that had um black white and red stripes on it and he starts walking around the subway cart and shaking his bucket of change and going I am the hat in the cat I'm not the cat in the hat oh I am the hat in the cat I'm not the cat in the hat. And I I I thought he was just crazy. But then he he stops uh doing that and then he was like, See, did that provide you with entertainment? See, I'm here to talk about Jesus and then he was a Jesus guy. But I got video of him doing the whole hat and the cat thing, but it was pretty weird. <laughs> that sounds kinda of weird, but you know, Doctor Seuss was kinda of weird in a lot of ways, but you know, maybe this guy is just Dr. Seuss in a, in a, different, in a different form, you know. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. That was my favorite book. 
<laughs> was Dr. Seuss a real doctor? He was. No, that I don't oh, know. I, I, no, he, he was a doctor of Somalia. Well, <laughs> apparently you can become a, a doctor just by talking on the radio because now you're, you're you know, giving psychiatric <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> After you called me Dr. Drew, that's what happened. I transformed. You know, that, that's why <laughs> it's like you transformed from from John Reeks to John Weeks when you were uh, in Burbank in that bathroom. You, you got rid of the, the Reeky Mons and then became Weeky Mons. And now you got rid of uh, Lawyer Weeks and turned into Dr. Weeks, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now it's Dr. Drew Carey Weeks, man. <laughs> so do you remember you, you are kind of like a cross between Carrie and Dr. Drew <laughs> and the rum thumb rum thumb orangeman rum thumb erotic cat yes <laughs> and this cat was going all around the audience waving his hard cock in front of all these people and keep in mind I'm only like 12 years old and then you know what else happened that year when I was 12 years old? Uh, uh, my mom and I went to see George Carlin at the Schubert Theater, and I was a 12-year-old kid sitting in the second row. Uh, George Carlin comes out, and he goes, Hey, hey, why are most anti-abortionists people you don't want to fuck in the first place? <laughs> why? Well, no, that was the that was that oh, was that was, that was <laughs> dope. Yeah, I was, and, and I'm just saying, like I was 12 years old, you know, and, oh, and, that, and that between that and and the, the hard cat cock. <laughs> it was a great year. George Collins, uh, you know, told it how it was. And the hard cat cock, I think, was a little, you know, that, that's 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 the cat in its natural state. You know, you just see. You'll, I don't think that's all that bad, but, you know, uh, <laughs> the grinding on random audience members may have been too much. <laughs> Let's do one more round before we go. Oh, well, I never was there, ever. A cat so clever <laughs> as Shamalik tonight with uh, your new psychiatric segment. <laughs> it was a great show. As, as always, T.T. Barnum said it himself. Greatest show on earth, second greatest show on earth, right behind your original show on Monday. You know, Holy man. Shit, I didn't realize how fucking late it is. We we all, we all went going for two hours. Hey, man, we joyride it over here. We joyride. <laughs> we joyride. Well, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Somebody owes Rip Torn a martini. Uh, hit the brakes, Florence. Go record a podcast, everyone. Uh, if you want to go ahead and shit on the roof, because Mousy's shitting all over the kitchen. And uh, if you have a Barbie doll, bend that bitch over backwards. Burn her knuckles on the stove. Strip her off them clothes. Leave her in some drawers somewhere for your mother to find and come up and say, Did you do this? This is sick. Did you do this? <laughs> Good night.
night, John Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, baby. 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 Good